Welcome to the Dropping Points Podcast, a weekly MLS fantasy podcast hosted by Blake Eshelman and Brian Maurer from MLS Gone Wild and Top End 90 Media. Are you looking for some designated players to save you from dropping points in MLS fantasy? Well, Brian and I have you covered with weekly MLS recaps, important fantasy-related news, and unsolicited advice that will help you win your MLS fantasy league. And please remember, listen responsibly. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Dropping Points podcast. This is your host, Blake. Brian, my partner at MLS Fantasy Soccer. MLS is back. We've been hype. We've been talking about this for the previous two episodes. We actually have real soccer, real fantasy points to talk about, not to just speculate over. Brian, how are you feeling after week one, man? Well, we have real fantasy points to talk about. It's too bad most of those fantasy points aren't on my roster, but <laughs> or on mine. <laughs> this is this is the self-deprecating portion of the drop in yeah. points podcast. Yeah. We we call it the room to grow. Like <laughs> what what did your value go up this week, Brian? Uh 0.7. I don't know how it went up 0.7, but I, I guess I, I, I got creative with a few of my defenders and so I did get a little bit of a boost there, but I mean Midfield and forwards was a complete tank. So yeah, yeah, mine went up 0.5. But let's go into uh, updating our dropping points fantasy league guys that their value probably skyrocketed. The guys that did really well, the top five in the league through week one. Number one, Wu fan guy, uh, Philadelphia Union fan, 101 points. He captained Daniel Gazdog, who had 20 points. If you captain him, double up. He got you 40. At number two, Gazdadi dupes. If you had to guess, that's probably a Philadelphia Union fan. Probably had Gazdog as their captain. They had 96 points. Mermaid United in half century city tied with 95 points. Huge anus SC <laughs> had, had 94 points. Congrats, huge anus. Maybe not congrats on the huge anus, but congrats on the big week. And then Jack Attack in 91. Good God almighty, the names that we're going to see throughout this year. Yeah, congrats to you guys. You guys are top five this week, but Brian and I are, are nowhere near the top five. And you guys, if you've made it this far in the podcast, you're still listening to us, taking our unsolicited advice. We're, we're here to help you not drop points, but we dropped a shit ton of points in week one, Brian. Tell me how you dropped points, man. Yeah, so I, I, my initial uh, take on this segment was going to be the fact that I had put in Hani Mukhtar while I was driving to Charlotte to watch the Charlotte FC match. And then, of course, the MVP of the league last season isn't in the starting lineup. But then my real dropping point is that Lucho Acosta, who I captained, ended up having fewer points than Hani Mukhtar, who came in off the bench for 15 minutes. Uh, so that's definitely my drop points of the week was my captain did worse than my benched starter. <laughs> yeah, you hate to see that. Hani Mukhtar <laughs> came in and immediately had an impact because, of course, he did. He's, he's last year's MVP. And yep. I remember texting, I was like, uh, Brian, I just looked at your lineup and you have Hani in and he's actually yeah. not starting. And you went into full panic mode. Yeah. And then as soon as he came in, you're like, you know what? Maybe he can get more points than Lucho. Yeah. And of course yeah. that happened. <laughs> so, yep. So your dropping points were, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a, yeah. You kind of dropped some points. I dropped, yeah. a, I dropped a bunch of points, man. I didn't take my own advice last week. I made some poor decisions. I'm always a guy that I'm going to see the early game. Last week was New York City FC versus Nashville. And I'm like, okay, who? I'm going to pick one guy from that team, put him on my bench, see how they do. And then if they don't do well, we'll, we'll do the switcheroo early. And I forgot really how hard it is to do a switcheroo in week one when you don't have any money left over. 
and the shuffling you have to do with your lineup on finding guys that are one mil, two mil cheaper just to find guys to insert into your attack that could possibly produce for you. Sorry, I got the hiccups over here. But that player in the first game last week was Talos Magno, the left winger, the Brazilian left winger that, you know, produced so well last year at left wing is now their striker because they don't have Tati Castellanos and he looked like a shell of himself at that position. So he had two points. I'm sitting there at five o'clock on day one of MLS fantasy, like, Oh shit, what do I do now? (laughs) And I just, I scrambled, shuffled and ended up dropping players and and going cheaper. So that was my first way that I, I dropped the points. And on last week's episode on our start bench cell, I picked Pedro Santos over uh, Barrial, the left wing back for FC Cincinnati. Barrial ended up having the opening assist of FC Cincinnati season, of course, and Pedro Santos had just one point. So that didn't affect my actual fantasy team. That's just a, a bad take from me last week. Then uh, Jackson Reagan from Seattle. That was my long shot of the week last week. I had him on my team all the way up until I decided to go with Talish Magno. And then I had to make adjustments and I, and I nixed Reagan and Reagan had eight fantasy points of, because of course he did. Right. And then Luis Araujo. Huh? <laughs> I said, thank you for that. I had him in. So <laughs> I feel I like I did. A, I feel like I, I did a lot of people favors. I didn't do myself a favor, but everybody that listens like, Oh, this guy's five mil. He's going to start over Ariaga. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's roll with yeah. it. Right. And then Luis Araujo for Atlanta. Um, yeah, he skied a penalty kick. And just like he did last year, throughout a full 34 game season, he led the league in goals minus expected goals. He now through one week already leads the goals minus expected goals. So, yeah, he's he's not putting him away. He's not producing. <laughs> Leave that guy on your bench. Leave him. Just don't even don't even put the guy on your team. So, yeah, Brian and I were dropping points left and right this past week. But Yep. Uh, yeah, huge week one of soccer in MLS historic season, uh, MLS season pass started up. It was a new way to watch games. Really enjoyable. Brian, what were your big three things that you noticed from this opening weekend? Yeah, for me, uh, I think the first big takeaway that I had was, uh, Seattle Sounders. Uh, they look very much back. Um, last year, I think there was a pretty surprising drop off after the, they won the CCL. They just really couldn't seem to recover. Obviously, the Jao Paulo injury is a big part of that as well. But they came out really hot against a team in Colorado that generally is pretty poor on the road, and they just completely dominated them uh, 4-0. Uh, Ebert scored in his debut for them. Um, Jordan Morris looks like he also could be back and really scoring uh, scoring goals. I mean, obviously, the two goals that he scored were a little bit uh, comical, I'd say, this week. But just the fact that those kind of goals, and he's in those situations and getting those goals in the net, um, I think it's just – a good sign moving forward for him. Cause I think last year and recently he's had quite a bit of a drop off. So I, I, he might be back as well. Yeah. And I think it puts uh, him above Christian Pulisic and the left wing pecking order for 2026. Right. Yeah, probably. I was, I was going to say that for all the U S men's national team stands out there that are listening to dropping points, MLS fantasy and, and Christian, and <laughs> Christian rolled on for that matter. You know, he had a pretty big game too. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all of really, I mean the whole team, uh, looked really, really strong um, front to back. Um, I think they're going to be very fantasy relevant uh, moving forward, um, at least from that initial showing. Uh, that convinced me that they're they're looking strong, rested, and ready to really show some people up after after last season. Um, uh, the second takeaway I had was Austin FC's back line looked uh, really, really atrocious. Um, it definitely um, 
was impacted by Cascante's injury. Uh, it looks like he's going to be out about eight weeks. And um, they might have to stick with Kip Keller, who was involved in all three goals against uh, giving up three goals to an expansion club, uh, you know, in your own house. Um, is a, I would say that's a huge, huge, huge let up. Um, and it's a huge red flag for me in terms of just I'm probably going to be targeting Austin FC's back line in fantasy um, probably week to week until they prove me they prove me otherwise. Um, then my last take is Toronto also looks a bit, uh, oh, there's a lot of hype around them going into this year, which is all their, their experience on the wings with, uh, Bernadeschi and, and Insigne and, um, Insigne's hurt as well. And then they just, they gave, uh, gave up three goals to DC United, one of the worst teams in the league last year. Um, and so it looks like Toronto might not have improved, um, as much as I think a lot of people thought going into this season. Um, and it's already seeming to get a little bit worse with Insigne out. I mean, that. You can see that maybe Toronto FC was built sort of on a house of cards, and one of the main cards just not is you know knocked out of the house. So we'll kind of see where things go. But I mean, there's another team that I'm pro- I might be targeting uh, week to week as well, just because it seems like they ha- even with Sean John, Matt Hedges, they're still conceding goals, even to um, I would say one of the poorer attacks last year in DC United. Yeah, so my three things from this past weekend are the Philadelphia Union are in a class of their own. My poor, poor Columbus crew. They started off that first half so, so well. Uh, Nancy system looked to be working. We threw the Philadelphia Union off. Then Jim Curtin went into the locker room, um, motivated his guys a little bit, and they came back out and beat the Columbus crew 4-1. Daniel Gazdog, two goals, two assists, and a brace for uh, Juliana Carranza. Uh, the Union didn't score four in a game until July 8th last year, and they did that game one this year. So uh, watch out, MLS. <laughs> uh, also, New York City FC, they struggled without a true number nine. I talked about Talish Magno, um, so they need to, to do some work on that front as well. I won't be very high on that New York City FC attack until they figure out who their number nine is going to be and how they can get Talish Magno back out to the left wing. And then Nashville, they look like the stalwart defensive unit that they have been since joining MLS in 2020. Had a shutout against New York City FC and have have led the league over the past couple years in goals against per 90. Been one of the best defensive units since 2020. And then something that really probably shook up the MLS fantasy world, it was kind of hard to pick goal scorers this past weekend because seven guys scored their first goals in MLS. Uh, Cleek, Coup de Pietro, Christophe, Borgelin, what um how do you say this guy's name on Cincinnati? Wobodo? In what in, in Wobodo, I think. I think it's Wobodo. I think I think the in is Thailand. I think it's Wobodo. I think so. Right. Uh Klaus and Mascara. So seven guys scored their first goal. It's gonna be hard to predict that. So that's gonna throw a lot of people off. Uh, but those are my three big things from this weekend. Brian, you want to get into the important fantasy related news? Yeah, yeah. So I mean there's actually been several injuries a few updates chicharito looks like he's going to be out two to five weeks so jovlich continues to be uh, a watch for me i mean very likely i think he's i mean if not this week probably going to be in one of my lineups coming up i mean he's just so we've gone over it before stellar backup striker who's now going to have a starting role um insignia still hasn't been in training there hasn't been any official announcement on him um so it's just something that you just have to keep keep an eye on um, day by day. Um, hopefully you, everyone out there keeps a better eye on him than I did on Hani Mukhtar this past week. So uh, definitely keep an eye on that. Victor Vasquez, for uh, what I've seen so far, looks like a likely replacement for him. So maybe a flyer pick there. Um, 
Taxi Fuentes has been reported out four to six weeks, it looks like. Um, these are all uh, just rumors that I, I've spotted on, on, on Twitter. So take it with a grain grain of salt, um, but just uh, keep <laughs> keep an eye out for those. But he also didn't play this last week. So um, Diego Rubio uh, was out two to five weeks for Colorado. He also wasn't even on the in the card. So I think that that one also looks to be um, – this be quite likely to be the case. That has been, he had been reported injured before before the game uh, against Seattle, and then uh, Rui Diaz will be available this weekend versus RSL. So that is a that I mean, so that one actually intrigues me a little bit because Abar had such a good first week. So um, we'll see yeah, how and he's and he's cheaper. Up. I'm I'm not sure exactly Rui Diaz's price point on him, but I know Abar is seven. So if you're looking for a cheap striker, that's you know it's. You'll have to wait and see, wait until that lineup comes out. But a bear is going to be a lot cheaper than Rui Diaz is going to be. Yeah. And um, I remember hearing this on uh, when Schmetzer was interviewed at extra time. Um, he, he also talked about potentially doing switching things up a little bit and doing a two striker system because of both of them and how he felt about both of them playing. So that might be actually worth keeping an eye on anyway, just in terms of once Rui Diaz is healthy and they're both fully 100%, how you know, how Seattle is using them. I mean, I I feel like there's a, maybe a chance they mix things. I mean, it sounded like one of the issues they had last year also, besides the CCL rust and everything else and Jao Paulo's injury, um, one other thing Brian mentioned was that he felt like they were unpredictable or a little bit too predictable in, in their in their ways um, from years past. And if they switch to a two-striker system, something to keep an eye on for sure, especially after, I mean, we know how good Rui Diaz is and, how a bear looked yesterday or this weekend. So definitely worth keeping an eye on there. All right. That's all. That's pretty much the main news. Yeah. And one more thing on Seattle, they put the ball into the box from the wide areas more than just about every other team in the league. Um, whether it's Alex rolled on or one of the midfielders slipping wide from the left side to, to put in a cross. I mean, all four goals that Seattle scored over the weekend was from a wide ball played into the area. And it was, you know, a goal scored right outside of the six yard box. So that could either be a bear or Ruby Diaz. So that, that, that's kind of the tactic that they deploy and they're getting shots from high um, score goal scoring chance opportunities from the, from those, uh, those goal scoring zones. Uh, so the weekly yep. matchups to look forward to Brian, let's start out with Atlanta versus Toronto. What do you like about that game? Yeah. So I think what we saw in the Toronto DC matchup this last weekend, them giving up three goals um, immediately put me um, on their, on their watch list defensively or like their defense. Like I want, I want attackers against that defense. Atlanta has some good attackers. Um, I like that there. Um, also, we saw what we saw what Almeida did over the weekend against San Jose. We thought we yeah, talked about that yeah. game a lot last week, and San Jose almost put up yeah. a clean sheet. You know, it was one zero yeah. going into the ninety second minute, and then Tiago Almeida did World Cup uh, winning things. So yeah, can't yep, stop that. Yep. yep. So I'm doubling down on the stoppage time uh, stoppage time winners <laughs> with this with this matchup here, um, and then also I mean yeah, but I mean they had combined eight goals between those two games, and I mean. They're also the odds. The odds makers have them as the favorite to score more than three and a half goals combined this week. So definitely a game that I mean, I'm always kind of checking for those odds in terms of just which game really looks likely to to score a bunch of goals. And this one seems to be the most likely uh, based on what the odds makers are saying right now. So I'm definitely keeping an eye on that game. Um, LAFC versus Portland Timbers. Um, they're also set at plus 140 over three and a half goals. So they're the second highest um, second highest likely to have 
to have this uh, over three and a half goals um, based on what the odds makers are, are saying right now. And LAFC is also a really heavy favorite, minus 220. Um, so what I'm thinking for this game is, and especially, and it's also like for me, I didn't really think too much of how Portland played. I watched that game live against SKC and I just, I wasn't super impressed. I mean, Mosquera had his, yeah. his debut goal, but I mean, after that, they really didn't seem very convincing going forward. Um, and they, they, I feel like they kind of got away. I mean, their, their goalkeeper had to make some really nice saves and they kind of had to just kind of bunker down a bit. Um, and that's really hard to do against LAFC, a team that's going to be likely fresh. I, I imagine they're going to come out kind of like Philly did. Um, not like Charlotte did or a few other teams that come out not quite as fresh, but I feel like uh, they're going to come out kind of hot uh, just because that's how they're built. And so I expect I expect to uh, a decent amount of goals in this game and probably most of them coming from L.A. So that's yeah. that's kind of where I'm looking at there. You have something on that, Blake? Yeah. And so just how you said LAFC is going to be fresh, Portland Timbers are going to be probably coming in under, I mean, not heavy legs, but under short rest. They played the, yep. the Monday night soccer game on uh, that, that we watched yep. because of the weather out on the West Coast. So they're going to be coming in on short rest. Evander, he didn't look great. He was kind of underwhelming. I stayed up late mm -hmm. that night just to watch him and he didn't really blow me away. It'll take him some time to adjust MLS, I'm sure. And then Yimmy Chara, if I remember correctly, he went down, I believe, in the opening like. 30 right. minutes with an injury. So they're going to be missing him as well. So a couple of those two things with them being on short rest and LAFC coming in fresh. Uh, this could be a big game for LAFC. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And then the last, uh, you're going to like this, uh, Blake. I, the last game I have on the list is Columbus crew versus DC United. Um, again, DC United was in a big, uh, game with a lot of goals. They won three, two, but they still, I feel like they, they struggle a little bit at the back, you know, gave up a couple goals at home. Columbus Crews also just giving up their best center back to San Jose and, and Jonathan Menza. And uh, they gave up four goals to, I mean, which is respect. I mean, Philadelphia is going to probably put goals on just about anybody this year, but it definitely looks like Columbus crew are a little bit weaker at the back than in years past. And I mean, just the Nancy signing as, you know, have him be their head coach shows a change in direction in terms of wanting more progression, wanting more attack. And I feel like this game could easily have a lot of it. I also like Columbus crew players because of how poorly week one went for them. Fantasy wise, there's a lot of value in those premium players like uh, Cucho Hernandez drop point three, Zella Rayon drop point. So you've got their premium players coming in a little bit cheaper just because you had to get through week one, a week one Philadelphia on the road. So um, there's a few different reasons for liking that game. I like the value of Columbus's play premium players this year because I didn't play them last week. And so I'm gaining value by picking them this week and they're playing in what I would say is a plus matchup at home against DC United. I agree with that. Yeah. One of the, <laughs> one of those premium players is going to be, my my tap in of the week so let's just get right into that i think that's a pretty good segue there brian so we switched yeah. up some of our terminology we were going with sitter half volley long shot sitter was kind of confusing some people um so we switched it to tap in so to refresh your guys's memory tap in is going to be a player that we think is guaranteed going to score points that's going to be a guy that you should consider captaining that sort of thing there's a really high fantasy floor for that player and also a very high ceiling our 50 50 is going to be a guy that's probably you know, in the eight to six mil range, a guy that has a really high boom, really low bust. Um, so there's, mm -hmm. there's a lot of risk involved in that one. And our long shot is a guy that's going to be cheaper. Uh, a guy that 
might start, might not a guy that not a lot of people are going to roster somebody like that. And if he hits, you're going to look like a freaking fantasy genius. And you're going to thank us like the Jackson Reagan from last week. So my tap into the week, the guy that I think is going to score goals, a guy that you would consider captaining. He's going to, he's going to run the top of my line up there. Cucho Hernandez at 8.7. Like you said, he had the three mil or the point three million dollar decrease in value. They're going to be playing at home versus DC United. He had a brace in his first time out versus DC last year in just 36 minutes as a second half sub. And the crew have scored at least two goals in their last five matches versus DC. And they've scored three goals three times in that span. That is why Cucho Hernandez is my tap in of the week. Nice. Nice. My tap in. Uh, uh, are you actually thinking about captaining him this week in fantasy? Uh, no, I will be captaining okay. Daniel Gosdog until further yeah. notice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I'm just okay. saying, like, he could be a yeah, guy yeah. that if he pops yeah. off for two or three goals, like, you're going to want to, he could be a guy you captain. You you no. look like 100. the smartest player in fantasy next week. Man, yeah, which, which, I mean, could definitely happen, could definitely happen. I was like, man, that would be, that would be a strong move to, to captain the that's, forward. That's a bold take from a crew fan. Imagine that. Yeah, 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 yep. So uh, my tap in, my tap in is uh, Carlos Hill at coming in at nine point seven. Uh, he had, I mean, for not scoring any goals or creating any any, any assists, he had uh, a pretty good game still against Charlotte FC uh, and a stingy one nil win. Um, he has a plus matchup this week. I'm doubling down. Call me insane. I'm doubling down on the Houston Dynamo for my tap in. I had the tap in Lucho Acosta last week against Houston Dynamo, calling it a plus plus matchup. I'm doubling down again this week with Carlos Hill at a home. I'm just going to call it a plus matchup. They've, Houston Dynamo's earned my respect to take the, the plus plus off. It's just a plus matchup this week, but I'm still, I, I really, um, Carlos Hill is just the centerpiece of that New England Revolution, Revolution team. Oddsmaker yep. have this as the third most likely game to have over three and a half goals. Carlos Hill is just the center of that attack. Brioni just doesn't seem to quite be it there in the attack. So all the goals seem like they might have to come um, from him again this year, sort of similar to what happened last year. Um, and I just, I like players that have to be at the centerpiece, um, of these kind of situations. And it seems like there's goals to be had in this game, even though Lucho performed poorly or like fantasy wise, his point total was, was poor against Houston. Um, he had chances, they just didn't go his way, you know, and, and that happens. So, um, Carlos Hill should have those opportunities and should, you know, if you have the opportunities, you know, sometimes they'll go your way. Sometimes they won't, but I'm, I'm, I'm doubling down for it this week. So we'll see if I get punished again, maybe I just will let off on Houston dynamo for the season. You prepared for that rebuttal because I was ready to throw the Lucha yeah. cost yeah. dropping points thing right back in your face, man. That's well done. Good prep yeah. there from you, Brian. Good prep. Yeah. yeah. All right. So my 50, 50, the guy that's got a, you know, really high ceiling. He could also yeah. be a bust this week, right? Edward Lowen, seven mil. He is the midfielder for St. Louis City SC in their home opener versus your beloved Charlotte FC. He's coming off a 12-point performance with two assists versus Austin, who had that injury to their back line and brought in Kip Keller, who had a disaster of a game. But anyways, 12 points in a team's inaugural game. That's That blew my socks off. That's a great performance, two assists. Um, and he's going into a very highly anticipated and emotional match that could go one of two ways. It's going to be St. Louis City SC's home opener, brand new stadium, going to be a sellout crowd. So that could go one of two ways for him. And he's a big bonus point guy as well. He collected a lot of bonus points against Austin last week. Uh, One big chance created that got him a point, seven ball recoveries that got him a point, three key passes that got him a point and four shots that also got him a point. So he was a big bonus point monster 
last week. And then he's top three amongst MLS fantasy midfielders in points per million, 1.7 points per mil. So you're, you're getting your value there. So that's, that's, he's my 50, 50 of the week, Edward Lowen. That's a, that's a great pick. I honestly, I, I, I rewatched that game before going on uh, MLS corner. Uh, and he was the one out of that game, Austin versus St. Louis that really stood out to me is like, I think he's a, he's a real baller um, for sure. And he's taking their, all their set pieces. So, I mean, you can't go wrong there. That uh, piece so my is seven mil. Yeah, I yeah. think he's a guy that if you're if you're looking to save some dollars in that midfield, if you've gone yeah. premium, 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 and you need a guy around yep. seven, he might be your guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will say, I, I think I'm going to back up Charlotte a little bit and just say Milanda and Tuiloma, I think a little bit higher than Austin FC's back line, but that's why it's a 50-50. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yep. And then, so my 50-50 of the week is Pedro Galese uh, from Orlando City. And in some ways, I would say, I mean, you can almost not call him a 50-50 because of how talented he is as a goalkeeper. But the thing is, they're going up against Cincinnati this week. I mean, it is, it's in Orlando, but Cincinnati, I mean, picking a goalkeeper um, who's uh, that elite can be a tough decision to make against a team like Cincinnati with the amount of attacking options they have. Um, but this game actually uh, surprised me a little bit, but the odds makers have this as the third likeliest to be under two and a half goals this week. So could be a little bit of a sneaky pick. I, I'd imagine a lot of people are going to probably avoid Pedro Galese, but I like saves um, as long as they're actually those saves are made. He's an elite goalkeeper who can make those saves. Um, they pro- he's probably going to be facing some shots, and as long as those uh, you know those uh, shots don't turn into goals, you could still have a pretty big get a big day. So um, that's my 50-50. I mean, I think on most other days he's probably going to be uh, a hit. This week is a little bit more iffy, but I mean, if he hits, he could really hit because I think Cincinnati is going to get some shots. It's just, you know, that defense, you know, well, that that defense can hold it home in Orlando. I agree. I think that's a good pick, but we'll come to Pedro Galese here in a little bit. I got something for you there. But my <laughs> long, my long shot of the week is going to be Noel Buck, the 17-year-old central midfielder for the New England Revolution. Crazy, so crazy discount here. 4.3 mil player almost like a guy that never plays. And he, he obviously got a 0.3 bump from his last week's performance against Charlotte, but still crazy, crazy discount Buy him low now and watch that, watch that stock grow throughout the year. They play Houston uh, at home in at Gillette stadium. So I don't have much more explanation than that, other than that it's a crazy discount. And Mm -hmm. unless Latif blessing comes back, uh, I think that's Noel Buck's position to lose for the reps. He looked really, yeah. really, 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 really good and at home for a 17-year-old uh, against Charlotte FC on opening weekend. He won them the game. I mean, he he intercepted the ball that sort of, and the aimless Swiderski pass that led to the goal. Uh, so he and, and and he also stopped Bronico on a uh, a one-two with Capetti, uh, and he was right there reading it the whole time, which was just unbelievable that a 17-year-old kid against a couple of veteran professional players just really read the whole play and stopped it. He's, he looks like a fantastic young player. Um, I really hated to see a 17 year old kid really, really beat up Charlotte's midfield at <laughs> in their home you know, match. That was, that was a little bit disappointing, but yeah, he's, he looks like an incredible young player. One more point about Buck. So the second goal scored against Houston last week was Wobodo, the center defensive midfielder for yep. FC Cincinnati. Uh, Noel Buck plays a uh, Noel Buck plays a little bit higher up the pitch. He's more of an eight than he is a six, but he's going to be making those late arriving runs similar to what 
uh, Wobodo did. Um, so that's another reason to pick maybe Noel Buck this week. Keep an eye on that lineup. He could be a switcheroo guy because he's so cheap. A lot of things you yep. could do with him there. Definitely, definitely. So my long shot, um, like we've we kind of talking about a decent amount now tonight, uh, Austin FC's back line looks real shaky these days. Um, so I'm targeting them a little bit. Even uh, I hadn't been really targeting uh, Montreal as an option before this week, but they're going up. To, they're going into Austin. Uh, that with that back line, I'm going with Sunasari Ibrahim. Uh, he seems like a flyer pick at 5.5 million. He started this last week from Montreal against Miami. He had a couple big chances. They just didn't go his way, but he seemed very active in the front line. And at, at times, Montreal definitely had, I mean, they had like six big chances. They couldn't put any of them away uh, against Miami. So the 2 nil score line maybe was a bit um, unfair for them. Um, and I, I mean, I like, I like good value out of a starting striker, especially I feel like that's a position where um, if you can find a value pick, uh, it's a great option to take it because uh, even, I mean, I think a lot of the, the high premium strikers last week disappointed for a lot of people, especially yep. for, I mean, we're talking about Vasquez. So, and a lot of other players like that really didn't show out. And so if you can find value and save money there and then invest more in your midfield, um, definitely worth, I think, uh, uh, worth, I think doing that after, after how we saw week one go. Yeah. After Talish Magno didn't hit for me in game one on opening yep. weekend, I ended up, you know, restructuring my lineup and Ibrahim yep. was actually the guy that I made space for up top because he was starting and he was yep. about all I could afford for a starting striker. So that's, that's why I went with, he only got me, I think three points. It was underwhelming yeah. as well, but it was all I could work with. And he is a starting striker at this point. So he could be a guy that you, you target, especially in this matchup against Austin. Yep. All right, Brian. Well, let's let's head right into our, our favorite segment of yeah. the podcast. Start, bench, sell. Brian, I'm gonna yeah. hit you with this one first. Oh, you are. You're gonna hit me. You're gonna hit me first, back to back, huh? Back to back. Yeah, I, I'm gonna hit you oh, first, man. Okay. All right. I, I hope you're ready. Yeah. So this this guy was your 50-50 of the week, Pedro okay. Halese. Okay. So we're going goalkeepers here. All three of these goalkeepers play at home. Two of the goalkeepers are seven million dollar in price. The other yeah. is 6.7 mil. Okay, so we got okay. Pedro Halese at yeah. home versus FC Cincinnati. He had four saves last week. He's 7 mil. Yeah. Georgie Petrovich at home versus the Houston Dynamo. He had four saves last week, also 7 mil. And Brad yeah. Struver, six saves last week. Uh, they're going to be playing at home against CF Montreal. You just talked about Ibrahim. Who are you starting? Who are you benching? Who are you selling? Okay. Actually, I think... I think I've got I think I've got this worked out uh, pretty quickly here. I'm gonna go Georgie Petrovich to start. Um, I definitely think out of out of the three attacks that I, all these keepers are facing, he's probably got the easiest easiest assignment. And New England's defense actually didn't look look too bad, although Charlotte obviously their attack also just disappointed overall. But um, I think I think he's probably pretty well protected back there. in Houston's attack uh, not not fully on board with what they're doing yet. So I think Georgie to start, I'm going to bench Pedro and I'm selling Stuver. Uh, I, I mean, it doesn't, I mean, Sean John's learning real quick, right? Like you can be as good a keeper as you want, but I mean, there's a, there's a limit to how many shots you can take before the goals just flow. 
Yeah, no, good point. I mean, Stuver did have six saves last week, five fantasy points. So he's, you said that you like volume, you like having saves. He's going to have yeah. a lot of opportunities to make those saves. But once this those goals do start flowing in, yeah, that's that's when you start losing those points. But yeah, no, that yeah. was pretty quick, Brian. I, I do, I think I, I pretty much agree with your your conclusion there. Yeah, yeah you know, I, I I mean, the one, I think the one is, is you can flip-flop between Pedro and Stuver. I think you have to, I think Georgie is pretty straight up the starter, but I think the point three could be a good value over Pedro for sure this week. Um, it's just Pedro's got a good defense, but way better defense, I think, in front of him. Yep. Uh, yep. You know, but we'll see. We'll see. My start bench sell last week didn't work out so great. So <laughs> hopefully we can see. Yeah, well, well, neither did mine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. All right. So I've got, I've got a, a kind of a wild card segment here for you uh, oh, this great. week, Blake. I've got, um, so like we talked about earlier, there were seven goal scorers seven new goal scorers in mls um so we've got we've got three different positions you know so there's uh i've got a defender uh masquera scored his first goal he's coming in at six million for portland coming in against lafc you've got a midfielder in klich matthias klich at 8.5 million for dc united playing your beloved columbus crew who's a little bit leaky at the back and then you've got St. Louis Klaus, their forward at 8.3 mil playing at home against Charlotte. So you've got three different positions. They've all scored their first goal now in week one. Who do you think can keep that momentum going? Start, bench, sell. I'm just going to talk this one out. Masquera plays right back. He's going to yep. be playing up against Buonga. I think LAFC will have majority possession. Uh, he'll be pushed back a little bit. Okay, Cleek versus DC. He did have a banger last week. It was a phenomenal goal from 30 out, man. Hit it on an absolute rope past Sean John. It was it was a really good goal against the Columbus crew who are going to be playing that high line. Crew's going to have a lot of the ball. I don't know how DC will be on the counterattack. I don't know how involved he will be on the counterattack. And then Klaus at home in an emotional game. St. Louis's home opener, inaugural match there against Charlotte. Hmm, Brian, that's a good one, man. I, I yeah. don't like that. I, no, I don't. I don't like this whatsoever. Um, <laughs> I, I think easiest for me here is Klaus. Yeah. Uh, he's off the premium line on strikers, so you're going to be saving yeah. a little bit of money on strikers there. So I'll start Klaus. Yeah. Okay. This this next one's tough because, of course, you had to you had to involve my beloved Columbus crew in here and in mm-hmm. what Cleek is going to do. I think <laughs> I'm going to bench Cleek against the Columbus crew, and I'm going to sell Mosquera just because again they're coming off of that. They're coming off a short rest. Yimmy Chara kind of plays on his same side, so there won't be that same dynamic. Although he will have Santiago Moreno in front of him, so that could be better, worse, or different. Could be one of those three things. But again, he's going to be playing up against Boanga, who's coming in. He's you know, there's been a lot of hype built up around him, possibly having an MVP level year. It's going to be a tough matchup for Mascara. Tom Bogart actually tweeted during the game after he scored that opening goal, which was a beautiful goal, by the way, like he chased down the ball in line and he kind of, yeah. you know, towed the line, stayed in the pocket and just yeah. smashed it um, back stick. Really nice goal. But Tom Bover tweeted that there's, there's plenty of teams out there looking at him right now and ready to take him in the summer or whenever um, the yeah. price is right. So he's, he's going to be a really good player. I don't know if this is a good play this week. 
So start Klaus, bench uh, Matthias Klee, and then sell Mosquera. I think that's about what I would have done too in that situation. I mean, because you can't bank on Mosquera getting the goals every week as a defender. And I mean, he, there's a decent chance. I think he probably loses some points with the goals they're going to give up against LAFC. Yeah. So the, then the, then the only thing that I don't know, the only other thing you think about with Mascara is okay. LAFC really don't have a, a traditional number nine because they sold Arango. Does Buonga yep. play at the nine? And then who do they play out left? Is that a Poku? Um, it's a different dynamic there, but I think even regardless of how they rotate LAFC's front three, I think they're still very dangerous and they're going to, pose a lot of problems for Portland. Yeah. I, I hope they start a Poku because that, that preseason draft we did, I'm pretty sure my preseason drafted lineup that we did in our first episode, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I have more own goals than goals. So <laughs> speaking I of that, really I look like speaking of that, I look like a genius picking up God's dog. Yeah. My I got goodness. off to a very early my head goodness. start here. Yeah, we should have picked yeah. a captain at the beginning of the year, too. We should have done that. Yeah, well, I mean, it would not have worked out for me, so. <laughs> no, no it, no, it wouldn't have. All right, Brian, that was fun. Let's run through our mailbag yeah. questions really quick. Yeah. Let's run through the ones that we have on our list, and then we can pull up those two lineups that we have from Twitter and kind of go through those real quick. Okay. Uh, is it too early to buy in on St. Louis players? I say no because my 50-50 was low and I just picked Klaus as a right off the premium line at 8.3. I don't think it's too early. I think this would be a good week to experiment, play around with it. You know, yeah. last week was last week was probably too early because we hadn't seen the product on the field. Now we've seen it against, you know, um, an Austin team that had a back line, you know, injury brought in a guy that just <laughs> had himself a shocker of a game. But last week was too early. Now I think it's time to maybe experiment with a couple of those guys. Yeah, and you also just saw what their roles were too, right? I think like especially I think the one that stands out to me the most is was your your fifty fifty and Edward Lewin, right? I mean he had uh, he was all your corner kick taker, free kick taker. He was involved in a lot of their um, creative situations, um, and so. And he also yeah. is just everywhere in the field. He had a lot of bonus points, so he's not just yeah. attacking, right? You can get some bonus points from his defending as well. Yeah. He's just kind of everywhere on the field. So, And he's coming in at seven mil. So there's like a seven lot of Seven mil, man. Like how, how many other primary corner kick takers are coming in that cheaply, right? There's not many. There's like Ashley Westwood for Charlotte. is the one that stands out to me off the top. Is that, that 7.6? With it, I mean, most creative players that are taking the free kicks and corner kicks and set pieces and things are probably, you're looking at eight, nine, 10 mil for those kind of players. So right. um, they have value in terms of just the fact that some of them are cheap. I would, I would be a little hesitant about their defenders, but like there's, I mean, a couple pieces are looking like they're legit low. I think, I think there's an interesting conversation to be had about low and the guy that we're talking about from saying, am I saying his name correctly? How do you say his name? Uh, I think it's Lewin. Uh, Cause Lewin? it's like that. He's got the umlaut. Over okay. the, the, I think that's how so, it's Edward Lewin. So I think there's yeah. an interesting discussion to be had between Edward Edward Lewin and Martino Heda. Martino Heda's value dropped this past week from seven point five or six point five to six point four. He's playing for an Orlando team that has weapons on the left, right, center, and up top. And yeah. St. Louis doesn't have that. They have Klaus up top and and Lewin underneath. And outside yeah. of that, they have a bunch of role players playing that high pressing system. Yeah. So at, at this point, I think Lewin's probably the most bang for your buck at guys that are seven mil or lower. Yep. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
All right, let's keep it moving. Will Gosdog prove to be captain worthy again this week? Simply put, I'll say yes. Yeah, I mean, why not? I mean, he put up, like, I mean, 20 points is absurd. I mean, until until they stop scoring goals, which, I mean, they just continued right where they left off. I did think they might have had a little bit of a regression just because of how record-setting their season was last year. But, I mean, until they stop scoring, and, and, especially, and it's also like, He's their penalty taker, and they score a ton of – like, they get a lot of penalties, man. I mean, he had, like, what, like 10 penalties last year? He's already got two this year, so, I mean. Let's not talk about penalties right now, Brian. (laughs) Let's not talk about that. We were supposed to breeze through the guys. Like, we were just supposed to say yes. Yeah, my feelings are hurt, okay? Will Jordan Morris continue to score goals, or will he cool off like normal? Oof. Uh, I mean – I think it really depends on whether or not Seattle's for real. Right. I mean, and I think I would lean towards, they look very for real, um, which is to be, ex- I mean, I would say is to be expected um, from this team. Um, and then it doesn't matter how big of a piece he is. They, they also just have so many weapons. So it's like, sort of like how you were talking about Martin Ojeda. He's a piece of uh, a multi-pronged attack in Orlando city. Jordan Morris is the same kind of situation for Seattle. They just have many, many attacking options and not just their starting lineup. They've got guys that can rotate, rotate in off the bench and, and from, from their academy and such. And they just have a lot, a lot of pieces. So it's just whether or not he's the guy putting in the goals week to week um, might be not so likely, right? But, I mean, if he can get a piece of that pie, I feel like there's a decent pie to be had. Yeah, I think – the back end of that question is a little weighted cool off like normal is, is a little tough on Jordan Morris. He sustained a number of ACL tears and yeah. bouncing back the year after that is tough. But just looking at his, his numbers, 2016, he had 12 goals. Uh, 2018 was out with injury. 2019 came back 10 goals, seven assists, 2020, 10 goals, eight assists. So back to back years, he had 20 goals and 15 assists combined Torres ACL 2021 returned in 2022 seven goals, four assists. That's a pretty, uh, I mean, average year. And he's already got two goals uh, this season. Colorado also didn't look great. I think Jordan Morris is kind of a one trick pony as well. He's just very fast. He's going to beat you with pace, try to kind of, you know, get past you on the shoulder and then, and then duck inside um, and cut in on his right foot. He's not the best finisher either, but um, you know, he had a couple, a couple loose balls at the six that he finished. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, Depending on the matchup, I think Jordan Morris is an okay play. He's, I don't think he's too, too expensive. So I don't know. You can streamline him and just see what's what. Yeah. And my LOL question of the week for my good buddy, Dakota Rock, who's actually sent us all these questions, but does DC have the best matchup of the week? Not the best matchup, Brian, but I think it's interesting, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there's a few teams that really stick out to me already from week one, from what we talked about in preseason and then week one of just, um, they look like they're going to have kind of chaotic matchups with lots of goals week to week. DC United is one of those teams. Toronto is one of those teams. San Jose is one of those teams. It looks like Atlanta might be one of those teams. So um, DC is one of those teams that is going to probably have a lot of goals in a lot of their games. Um, and I'm all about, I'm all about that for fantasy. So if, if Columbus has got that matchup this week uh, against a, a team that's leaking goals and they're also geared towards trying to score some more um, with Nancy again, like we talked about earlier as their head coach, 
Um, I'm all about I'm all about that matchup. Would I say it's the best of the week? I I'm still I would lean probably more towards that Atlanta Toronto matchup, um, just in terms of how how poor Toronto's defense looked in Week One, um, and the fact that it's also in Atlanta. Um, but I definitely think the Columbus the Columbus uh, Columbus DC matchup is a strong one for sure, and definitely keeping an eye on uh, for fantasy purposes. Yep. All right, so I guess let's let's take a look at these two lineups that we have here on yeah. Twitter. If you if you have it pulled up right now, I guess we could start with the eighteen talk. Uh, yeah. I said my take is that Agata and Abayer are most undervalued strikers of the week. Uh, both clinical finishers that will have chances. Abayer will build off his last performance, and Agata just missed a few chances against Portland. He normally puts it in. Uh, yeah. his last chance was. I mean, God, his that last chance he had was a free header, free header yeah. on that corner. Yep. Yeah, I got us at 7.7, a Bears at 7.5. Uh, I mean, are there other strikers at that value out there? You, you talked about Sanusi, right, for CF Montreal. Yep. At 5.5, which is and, and that, cheaper. But. And that could help you. That saves you, what, two mil. You could buy up Nagby that's on your, on your lineup or Hawk from New yep. York city FC, you could buy up those two players as well. So if you, if you look to go even more value at striker, you can buy up in the midfield. Yep. Yeah. I think my one concern with two value strikers, um, is that you're not going super cheap with one of them. And then, yeah, I mean, it, it seems like it's hurting the midfield a little bit there yeah. in terms of just, uh, those the other options, like, like you said, I mean, just having is it like, is like Agata and Ebert gonna benefit you enough to where it's worth having like Hawk and Nagby in your lineup compared to a Nicholas Ladero? I mean, because mm-hmm. I think for another one point five mil for Nagby, you can you know you can move that up to a Nicholas Ladero level player at eight. Yeah. And those like those eight to nine, like eight to eight point five midfielders look. Just, there's a lot of them that are like looking really good, and I feel like a bunch of them are going to become priced out because they're going to just keep climbing in value, and it's going to be hard to to maintain them if you don't start to jump on some of them now. Yeah, and I think if you want to spend 0.1 mil more, if you can if you can free that up for a striker, Mikel Ua for the Philadelphia Union, I think he's going to have a huge huge year. He's only 7.8. He plays on a much better team than Sporting Kansas City. He's going to get counterattacking chances all day long. So if you can spare 0.1 mil extra, I would go Mikel Ua. But that's that's just kind oh, of where yeah. we're at. Good that's call, just, good call. That's, just, that's kind of where we're at there. I guess we can go ahead to the – well, here's another oh, one. Oh, he actually said, he said Rui Diaz is now available. Forget it. <laughs> well, scrap everything we just said then, Brian. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here's another one. I'm choosing between Cisneros and Rusnak or find a goalkeeper under 6 mil so I can – Shovin, Rusnak alongside Cincinnaros. Uh, I'm not sure if I follow this one, Brian. Wait, so you're looking at the Gracie Lynn, that Vulcan? El Progunton. Oh, I'm choosing between Cisneros and Rusnak or Brian Goldsburner season. Uh, did Cisneros even play for Atlanta that last week? No, that's I was confused when that question came in. Cisneros. Is he even there? No, he's, not even he's, there. In, he's in Liga Mackies. Okay, yeah. That's so I this thought, is, I thought, this I thought they one. were trolling. I thought they were trolling me or trolling maybe, us on that. Maybe they are. I don't know. Maybe if 
I don't know. Start Rusnak and let's just keep it moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, over to the other lineup. What would you suggest I do with this team? Finish fifth in my head to head league and manage to barely get three points. Uh, okay. My team value is 100.7 mil. Suggestions on how to improve. Brian, you got anything for him? Yeah, I would say if, I mean, there's a couple other options in the defense um, that I think, I think you could, you could look to upgrade. Um, Miazga on the road might be a little bit of a tough play this week. Um, although, I mean, Cincinnati's defense has looked, has looked better both towards the end of last season and to start this year, I think, than they, than they were last year when they were giving up three, four goals a game. Um, but I think there's probably some, some better value out there, uh, defensively also same with Atlanta. I mean, I feel like Atlanta is, is primed in this next game to potentially give up some goals, uh, against Toronto. And I'm just questioning i'm i'm questioning a lot of the stability in atlanta until uh, outside of outside of their attack um i like that midfield a lot i'm actually pretty high on i mean i know i'm a bias as a charlotte fan but i'm pretty high on what i saw from ashley westwood he had yeah. four key passes he had three different bonus points didn't get an assist or any other points like that so his point total didn't stand out but he did have five from zero assist five points from you know no assists no goals anything like that he just racked up some bonus points and he was two like uh one cross and one clearance away from two more bonus points so he he could have had a seven point game with no assists no goals um so i definitely think in a loss too in a loss in a loss, in a loss yeah. when their attackers couldn't like weren't doing anything so right. i can't imagine that's going to be the standard moving forward so i can totally see his value continuing to rise and at 7.6, I mean, look, I mean, that gives you, I mean, you got Ladero, Driussi and Mutar as your other, uh, the starters. So I think that midfield looks really solid. And, uh, um, Nias Goda, Portland's attack did not, I mean, we were talking about that earlier. My Moscura, I mean, their fullback was who scored yeah, and their attack was pretty toothless other than that. So I'm, I'm not a huge fan of Portland's attack until we start seeing more from, especially Evander, you know, and, and maybe when you reach it gets back. Yeah. So, yeah. So just looking at the lineup, he has Chris Gloucester as his, one of his outside backs, one of his defenders, he his that they bought his contract out. He's no longer with the team. He's a free agent at this point. So obviously he has Chicharito on his bench. So common sense says he's going to try to do the switcheroo for Chicharito and Gloucester yeah. to run the, the three, four, three. Well, Chicharito is not going to be playing. He announced yeah. that on his Twitch stream while playing Call of Duty Warzone, uh, which yeah. Greg Vanny wasn't very happy about, apparently. Um, so the Gloucester thing is fine, right? Because he's going to be a guy that you're going to switcheroo. He's definitely not going to play, so that's okay. But yeah. maybe maybe look to find a different striker. Um, yeah. You know, it, uh, you could find another guy at 8.5 mil, or you could play with your lineup and find a, a striker that's maybe a little bit more expensive. Or if you like the LA Galaxy attack, I mean, you've got Yoglitch is a prime backup. He's 0.5 cheaper, and then you use that 0.5 somewhere else in your lineup. Yep, there you go. Yeah, there's a lot of tinkering that you can do, for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right, Brian, did we miss anything? Or are we good, man? No, man, I think we covered it. I think we we did. Uh, we, I think we got it, man. This was a solid, solid week. A lot of it was just great to respond and have segments after a, a week of games it just it feels more and more 
reeling more and more back and more yeah, and more. We're happy. not we're not just speculating. We're actually yeah. talking about things that we're actually watching now, which which is nice, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speculating, watching, uh, getting things wrong, maybe getting one or two things right every once in a while, having the roller coaster ride that is an MLS season. Oh yeah. And we got 30, what, 33 more weeks of it. So folks strap in. It's going to be a long ride here. Dropping points. We're going to be dropping points left and right. So take our, our unsolicited advice with a, with a grain of salt, do your own research folks and listen responsibly. Brian, enjoy this weekend's matches, man. And uh, we'll be back with you guys next week. Sounds good. Peace out y'all.